Hi, I'm Youngmi Mayer. And I'm Brian Park. And we're your hosts of Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. We explore and process our experiences with sex, dating, survival, self-worth, and everything in between. We also invite guests to talk about their own experiences, too. Some recent ones include Michelle Zahner of Japanese Breakfast, Ki Kwan... Bowen Yang, and the list goes on and on. Feeling Asian has had a pretty exciting year so far after being named a top podcast of 2021 by CNN and being featured on Apple and Spotify's homepages. We hope the podcast is creating a compassionate space for Asians, Asian Americans, and Asians in America to be themselves without feeling as if their time is a fleeting moment. Tune into Feeling Asian every Wednesday for new episodes. up y'all i'm amanda seals and listen i get it we're in some serious times so i think some of y'all forgot i'm a comic she had them jokes i mean you forgot i had a whole hbo comedy special you forgot i showed love to how black women give compliments okay polka dots and from shade to how white women move in corporate america stop cc'ing all these unnecessary people on these goddamn emails i get it we've been pooped up for a long time that's why the Amanda Seals Black Outside Again Comedy Tour is coming to a city near you. Go to amandaseals.com today and get your tickets so we can laugh and learn our way through this madness together. How black am I gonna have to get? It's a good show. If you were curious how many attempts it takes me to get show announcements correct, the answer is I don't know yet because I've been doing this for an hour already. November 1st, we will be at Club Charlie's in Pocatello, Idaho. November 2nd, we will be at TF Brick House in Twin Falls, Idaho. On November 4th, we will be at the Beehive in Salt Lake City. There are only 12 tickets left for that show. There will be standing room tickets available after that, I believe. But if you are emotionally attached to the idea of a chair at your comedy show, I highly recommend that you head over to mormonandthemethhead.com and get those tickets now. Uh, hold on one sec. I just want to say thank you. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that's the noise that you make. Know, that's it. Know. That's the noise that you make. <laughs> that that sounds <laughs> sounds like what I assume it felt like to hug you. It sounds like someone doing their best impression. Of being sweet, they're like, it's like you heard, it's like you watched a movie with a girl who went, oh, one time when her boyfriend said something sweet and you were like, yep, that's what I have to, I got to learn how to do that. (laughs) Anytime I say something nice to you, you put, you're like, (laughs) you sound like a sick cat. If you put a Mormon and a Methad together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and Jessa Reed are friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. Mormon and the Methad, Mormon and the Methad, Mormon and the Methad. I can't even control my mouth. Wow. And every time I look at my gut, so I got free dental implants because I don't think we've talked about that on the podcast yet. 
Oh, I, have you been doing it in the intros? You just say that your te- mouth's messed up? Yeah. Okay. Her mouth's messed up because... Dr. One- Brady Smith from Vancouver uh, saw me on Burt Cast gluing my teeth in and was like, uh, this gross bitch needs some help. He's a Mormon also, yeah. by the way. Yeah, Smith. The Smiths. And... <laughs> I didn't even think of that. What an idiot. Uh-huh. Um, so Of the Joseph Smiths, not the band The Smiths, also descendants of Joseph Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Little known fact about The Smiths. Oh, my God, this is going to take a long time. So he, uh, I was on his podcast, which is coming out soon, and he offered me dental implants, which is a little bit different when you've had dentures already for a long time. I can't get individual dental implants because a bone has receded. This is four rods on top, four rods on the bottom, and then now they fuse with the bone for six months. And at the end of six months, there will be kind of something like a denture, just like a one one piece on top, one piece on bottom with all the teeth that click into this. So nobody has to watch me glue my teeth in anymore. Mm. The, the most exciting thing is that once you get your teeth taken out, your bone recedes for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's very exciting. And so this stops that process. Ah. So I used to have a long face shut up and now it's like kind of square and it would get worse it would get it would change it would less square and then it would start to like bitter beer face so it's exciting because that's over now now that those rods are in there yeah i think a sentence like rod fuses with bone just sounds um scary it was i was awake for it and first they drill up a little drill bit it just straight through your gum up into the bone and then a bigger one, and then I felt like there was a bigger one. And then he puts the screw in and has a ratchet and just ratchets it up tight into your bone. And uh, I think I got three in before the vomit thing that happens to me when whenever I'm getting like a tattoo or uh, what? Sorry, uh, the I get, vomit like, thing. The that vomit happens thing. To me. You mean you vomit? No, the room starts spinning and I start sweating. Oh, like no, the room vomits onto me. <laughs> In Russia, room vomits on you. <laughs> There's going to be a, ma- a lot of mouth noises for the next six months because my dentures, so now my old dentures are on top of these new gums that are like swollen and inflamed and angry at what happened to them. And so it's been two weeks and I couldn't get my teeth in. They fit like they were someone else's dentures. I couldn't get them in. I haven't, I can't eat still. Um, Is that something that's happened to you before? If you accidentally put in someone else's dentures? No, I just imagine that it trying to put on someone else's dentures would feel like what this has felt like. Oh, okay, good. I'm just they're, you know, they're they are made from an impression of your mouth, and this is my mouth is different now. So I went to Santa Monica yesterday, and a very nice dentist there drilled a bunch of them out so I could get them in, but they're still very sore from having worn them wrong. Um. Anyway. I had breakfast with my parents and my uncle today, and it's uh, really hard to get to like talk to them about the recent successes we've been having, but while never saying anything that's going to make them want to listen to this podcast. <laughs> 
like they're they're ready to be proud of me. They want to be proud of me, and I want to keep them proud of me, right? And I feel like the second that they listen to something, the the that pride is going to be replaced with a with a real sad feeling instead. Yeah. And so uh, my mom's asking me all these questions about like you. So I heard you know good news with the podcast stuff. Uh, she Do you even me, understand what a podcast is though? Because uh, slightly, like a little bit, it's yeah. l- enough that it scares me. Like she asked me a question today. She was like, "Cause I said something about how many downloads we we got in a day or something this week," and she said, uh, "Now, uh, now, if you just press play, does that count as a download?" And I was like, "What have you been pressing, mom?" <laughs> Can you Mom, just ask her not to listen to it or Mom, would that make her want to listen to it? I feel like it would make them want to, I don't know. I did tell them when when my act fundamentally changed during the divorce. I mean, whenever so, – because I, I perform in Boise uh, a few times a year. Yeah. And my parents would used to come out to shows, but then after the divorce – uh, my mom said something about coming out to a show and I did straight up say, please don't, uh, I don't, I was like, it's just, I told her it will only make you sad, uh, which if it was, was true, you know, yeah. and I, and it, but it was vague enough to let her come up with whatever reasons would make her sad. She was like, Oh, maybe he tells really, really squeaky clean jokes about, uh, how sad he is that he's divorced. And that's why he doesn't want me to come. He doesn't want me to see how sad he is, which is true, but only part. <laughs> like there's that, and then there's three other things that w- would be way worse. Than that. Yeah. So I just, I just want them to. Uh, I feel like that's this policy in my family is just uh, uh, leave things open to interpretation. Let let everyone uh, just imagine <laughs> what it is that you do without ever having to break anyone's heart. Yeah, that's so interesting. Uh, I don't want my mom to listen to it because I, my dad listens. I had to, did oh, have yeah. to show him how to do it on the podcast. But my family's very open, honest. We talk about everything. And uh, I tell them things that they wished I hadn't told them. But it's hard for me. Uh, I don't know, it makes me sad that they listen because so much of it is like childhood trauma stuff. That to me the mother that I talk about experiencing as a child is not the mother that I know and love today. It's not the mother that takes care of my kids when I'm on the road, you know, and those are two totally different people to me. And I don't know. I feel bad making them, you know, like having them listen to something that no matter what, as a parent, you're going to feel like, it's going to be hard to listen to, you know? So yeah. I, I know my dad, my dad listens to it and, and, um, I don't know. I mean, my, my family's great in that everyone just, my parents accept responsibility for whatever. And I accept that like, this is my perception of my childhood. That doesn't mean that these were facts and I don't believe that anyone had ill intentions and I didn't feel love. That doesn't mean I was love. I was not loved. You know, it was just, my mom was on drugs and, so that's my main reason for not wanting them to listen uh, or her to listen, really. I know that he listens and we talk about it. And I just, even with him, sometimes I'm like, I'm so- I'm sorry. I feel bad. And um, it just has to be hard listening to your your child talk about 
getting molested as a kid. Like as a parent, I don't yeah, know how, absolutely. like when, when Nicole shares her experience and I failed her so desperately as a mom when she was little, when she talks about that experience, you know, that's her experience. And, but it, it, you know, it's still hard to hear as the person who, who did that to her, you know? And so that's it. That's my main reason. But anyway, so go ahead. You're trying to explain to them. No, no, that was, that was the end of that. I just, okay. Uh, uh, new challenge in my life. That's all. Yeah. That's funny. Well, yeah. Because I, I want, I, I do want to brag to them. I want them to know that things are going well. The uh, comedy is working out. Um, but like, I can't brag too much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to make it sound too good. I'm just I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm doing all right. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just a host of this, uh, this, this uh, pretty boring podcast. I mean, it's wild. <laughs> it's wildly successful, but uh, I don't uh, We've just tapped into this market that's uh, really into auto parts, and so we just read uh, cat- <laughs> we read the catalog, like the Meineke catalog, <laughs> out loud every episode. We just go through top to bottom, and I mean, man, we're getting a lot of downloads. <laughs> and then, and like that, that 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 live works. For my parents. <laughs> Oh, I don't want to be like, uh, we're finding a ton of people out there that really, that really connect with the fact that, uh, your religion is false. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to tell them that uh, a lot of people really resonate. <laughs> Do the name, is she curious about the name? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I, I, did she know I was a meth head when I woke up in her house the other day? Yeah, she knows that you're an ex-meth head, an ex-tweaker, as you prefer to be called. Uh, she just didn't know that you couldn't eat gluten. That was the thing that <laughs> threw her. She was like, oh, what? Oh, no, I wasn't prepared. You know what, though? I can eat eggs, and everyone thinks that eggs are dairy. No, I don't. Who thinks that? Dumb? Most people yeah. think eggs are dairy. Do your mom not have eggs? I was not just, that, I didn't want to day. say, oh, okay. Most people have they eggs and I just make. won't say anything because then I don't want people to have to cook me eggs. Oh, you should have come to breakfast though. Uh, first of all, you get to see my dad and his brother together and they, they look and sound and talk and all their manner, manners are the same. It's very cute and funny. Our, our, my cousins and I, we always uh, joke about how our dads look alike and stuff. Um, but they also brought uh, sausage from Tennessee and oh, wow. it was so good, and they had eggs. It was I eggs and sausage. Want me to go. I didn't want you to go. Yeah, I thought I was letting you off the hook. Uh, you were letting me off the hook, and then putting me on the taco delivery hook. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh, no, I'm not going to come to breakfast. But uh, can you go get me tacos? <laughs> I was just going to go get tacos when you got back. And then I was like, uh, we need to record podcasts and he, I'm going to do the exact thing I did yesterday, which was start this uh, field trip. And it would just be easier for him to come back with tacos. Maybe. Oh man. Uh, when you leave the condo and you're all, uh, proud of yourself and, uh, you know, going out exploring and then you get your food and then you're like, wait a minute. Where am I? <laughs> just imagine you just like turning in circles, just like, oh, you're just like all proud. You're like, and I remember where I parked the car. All right. Yeah, here we are. Start the car up. Vroom, vroom. Oh, 
oh man <laughs> i remembered to look at the mirrors before i started driving <laughs> look at me i'm ready to go i'm driving so well but in which direction did i tell you that i did that yeah <laughs> look i was so prepared you took a nap and i was like i am gonna take the car and go run some errands and then as I was leaving, I was like, I'm going to get locked out. And then I stood at the door for a few minutes trying to figure out how to not get locked out. And then I was like, the code, I'll find the code. I found the code and was like, Psh, he's going to be so impressed that I figured out how to get back into this condo. And then I go to Target. And as I'm walking out of Target, I was like, fuck, I have no idea where the condo is. Uh, well, just, just like just to... <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to wake him up to have him let me in the door because I will not find the door. <laughs> I don't know where the door is. I couldn't knock on it if I wanted to. Uh, anyway, I had a weird conversation with Tabitha. Well, not a weird conversation. I was just talking to you about how I feel like I've overcome the fighting and the bitching with Tabitha and I had to like, <sighs> so there was a period of time, excuse me if I repeat myself, but there was a, a period of time where it really felt like she wanted to start fights with me. And it came right after the period of time when I stopped fighting. <laughs> it was like, right. I used to, I used to freak out and fight all the time. And then I stopped. And then ever since I stopped, uh, it just seems like she misses it yeah. and wants to wants to provoke me in different ways. And I got through the worst of that. And it's been a while since uh, she got to me. But then today she got to me and it wasn't even hard. It was just we, she sent me a text about our our custody schedule. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's do then like this. And then she sent me one more text that was like just a little bit insulting and a little bit bitchy and I called her and I was like, let's just talk on the phone. And then she said, I immediately was upset with her and she immediately got the satisfaction of, of calling me out for it where she was like, Oh, this is why I was hesitant to even pick up the phone. Aaron <sighs> just, can we just please have a calm conversation about this? And I was like, My head exploded like a Looney Tune, like a volcano on my shoulders. And it just, and then afterwards, I just felt so sad. Like she got me. I said that I wasn't ever gonna let her see me mad again. That uh, I wasn't ever gonna do it again. But then I did. And then I just feel like, oh, so fucking worthless again. Like just what an angry. You know, I believe all the things that she thinks about me again today. I just feel like I've relapsed. Feel like uh, how I used to feel when I would jerk off again you know, when I was uh, younger. And so yeah. I'd be like, because uh, uh, I, I, I would work, I would work so hard to like not masturbate for like a month or something. Uh, maybe I'd get a few weeks under my belt or something, and then I would do it again, and I'd be like, "God, I'm such an addict, and I'm so I'll never, I'll never be free from this addiction. Oh. I'm never gonna be free from it." But that's how I feel today. Except, 
instead of porn, it's Tabitha. I'll never be free. I'm always going to be losing my temper and stuff. I feel dumb. I think it was a pretty reasonable reaction to the conversation. I think it was uh, kind of an indirect... I don't know. It, well, of course it was reasonable. It, it absolutely was right. reasonable. But it Do doesn't matter. History, this it doesn't history. matter. Yeah, right. it's just like if I if I show any emotion whatsoever, uh, I've lost and she's won. Yeah. She'll she'll use she'll take that to the bank every time. Doesn't matter what doesn't matter what provokes it. If I show any sort of emotion, it confirms everything that she says, and she's will smile as she says it to me and uh i'll just forever be her crazy ex-husband yeah that's that's the story that's frustrating very frustrating yeah i think that people get locked into exactly that they get locked into a story like that people love the narrative of them being the calm one and then being the reasonable one and when you have because you weren't not reasonable. You were heartbroken and going through a, a difficult time. And when you started to evolve out of that, then, you know, that she misses that dynamic. I don't think any of this is conscious. Like, I think these are all like subconscious motivations. A lot of people in active relationships get addicted to conflict. And, you know, like you see the guy with the jealous girlfriend or vice versa. And then... When uh, maybe she starts to get over it or whatever, and then he starts triggering that jealousy because he's addicted to being the person with the jealous girlfriend. You know what I mean? So people get locked into these kind of dynamics. I think to a certain extent, you're feeding not just so that she can be the one with the crazy ex-husband, but also that you're feeding her a form of like attention, a form of power and and because she gets to play that role then. So I, I this this situation seems a little... Yeah, and I try not to. I try to, uh, you know, like a fire. I'm just not going to give it anything to burn. I'm just not going to... I just don't... I spent months just... I'm not going to text back. I am just going to... I'm going to let... Her, I'm going to concede a lot of things to her. I'm going to let her win. I'm not going to... I'll just agree. I'll just go along with it. Yeah. And I won't fight it. But it's hard when she's got my son and that's the piece that she's using. You've been on tour. You miss him very much. So emotions are already high. Also, it just seemed she I don't she's an indirect communicator. Most people. And we've had that. We keep having this conversation. Yeah, We talked talked about this a lot. Indirect communication. Most people, whatever they tell you their reason for wanting something is nine times out of ten. That is a reason that they have fabricated in the moment to make themselves sound better. Very rarely are people like, I want this for this selfish reason of my own, which is mostly what people want things for. So they always come up with some spin for why they need it. And so much of like conversations you tell me about her are it's spin. And then you're frustrated because you're like, the spin never makes sense. So the, the, the logic that, uh, well, then I'll only have them for two days and then you're doing math like, well, I've been gone for 12 days. And it's like, yeah, but that's probably not why. There's probably a reason why she actually wanted that night. And instead of being like, hey, can I have them for that night? Because this would be convenient for me. She doesn't do that. She doesn't ever want to sound like someone who, and this is, you have jokes about this. Like, I just think using him as an excuse 
for wanting things to be a certain way. This is in his best interest rather than just being like, hey, look, this is would serve me better. Yeah. Which is how you communicate. Which is how I communicate. And then it always gets used against me. You are very direct and well, I don't understand people. And, and candid. Yeah. And most people are not. That's so weird to me. How do you guys get through life then? What do you like? You don't ever tell anybody what you want. Well, and for the most part, people want that done to them. Jason was the most direct person I've ever met in my entire life. Like I've never met anyone that is so bold as to ask for everything he wanted. And I learned a lot from that because I am a very manipulative. So manipulation is is getting things without asking for them. Basically, I'm oversimplifying. But as a child. I would get a different reaction every time from my mom, most of them negative if I asked for things. I could, I was not allowed to ask why. I was never allowed to ask for clarity. It was a really weird fucking role that she got from her mom. And I just learned from a very early age that asking people for things, I usually wouldn't get them and I would get a harsh rejection. And so I, I started very early getting things without ever asking for them. And so I, I became a very indirect communicator. And when I am manipulating people, I tell people I'm manipulative because I don't want to do it to anyone I care about. I tell people that I'm capable of this. I've worked years and years and years and years on this. If you think I'm manipulating you, I probably am not. If I said something that sounds manipulative, it's what I'm not saying. Usually if I'm, if I am, and I don't do it anymore because the only thing that I still indirectly communicate about is like emotional stuff. But once I learned how to directly communicate, indirect communication is exhausting. It's so much extra work. <laughs> and uh, I am just like, oh, I could just ask for this. But okay, so like I don't, I have been desperately afraid of rejection most of my life. And. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask my boss for a day off unless I was positive that he would say yes. Cause the idea of saying, can I have this day off? And he says, no, it, it felt like it would be a, a crushing weight falling on top. Like I'll die. I will die is what it felt like. And so I would just have this big, long drawn con out, drawn out conversation in which somehow I would trigger him to offer me the day off without me ever having to, having to ask for it. Like that was the the level of insane indirect communication that I just constantly communicated with. And I've worked on this for years. Most people, it isn't like that. They're directly asking for what they want, but they're lying about why they want it. And so you hear people who are in an argument with someone and they're telling you about it. They're venting about it. And then they will list off all the reasons why they're right or why they wanted this thing or whatever, but most of those are bullshit. Most of those are, and everyone does it. I call it self-deception. It's just these, like, they instantly believe it. We all, a lot of people do it. And so I want, I want my son for this night because it would be, I don't know what a reason, like the, I, I have my stepchild. It would be easier to have both of them the same night. So I, I want him this night, but I can't tell you that cause that's not a priority for you. I know that you don't give a shit about that. So I have to tell you, there's a reason that I think that you're going to go for. So I say that. And the minute she says that she believes that. So now you're talking to a wall of self-deception and that's how most people, man, yeah, I just feel like 
when you when you cross into self deception, then I'm, then I'm, you 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 were trying to play me, but you just played yourself. Most people, yeah, they instantly self deceive and believe their own bullshit. So I think that you and I, when we first became friends, I told you that I can hear people's true. I can hear the truth. When people talk, I can hear the truth. And I, when, when and you I, said that, I was like, uh, you were like, that's yeah, what's me too. The, what is that? And I said, it feels like subtext. And you were like, what? Uh, I hear that constantly. And I said, yeah. And then we talked about it. And then you were like, this is why I get frustrated. This is why we get frustrated with her is because I knew what she was saying, but she swore up and down. And then I was like, yeah, she doesn't. She has the truth partitioned from herself. Most yeah. people who are not self-aware, who are not constantly, think about how There's often always, you ask yourself what your true motivations are. All the time. Constantly. I'm always figuring that out. Yeah. I, I, a lot of times will be like, no, it's this. And then have to come back and be like, hey, by the way, that was, I was jealous or I was uh, afraid of this. You know, it takes me like examination to realize. I, I get really frustrated with people. Well, I don't super frustrated. Maybe it's not the right word. But I, I can always tell when people are lying. I feel like I can hear them lie. Right. I and it's just like like listening to someone sing off key. I can just hear it. Yes. And God, what a fucking good description of that. Oh, thank you. And I'm a, I. It always turns me off. I just I just get quiet and then I'm like, all right. And I in my mind I'm always like I don't I don't confront people on it. Like I'll test them or like push them a little bit. Maybe if I like the person, I'm gonna be really direct about it. And I want to give them a chance to just tell me like what it is they're really thinking. But if they stick with the, with the lie, I just don't say anything. I don't confront them. I don't right. say you're lying. I feel because I feel like I, they know that they're lying. And so then you're a garbage person that I don't need to, you're just going to lie to me. Well, I don't trust you. I don't, if, if you don't, if you can't trust me to tell the truth, I don't trust you to say, I, to tell the truth either, and I'm not going to lie, so I just don't say anything to that person anymore. Right. And then uh, this girl's like, you're so interesting when you get quiet. I'm like, uh, stop lying to me then. Yeah. And I would have kept talking to you, but you lied to me all the time. So, yeah, I, feel, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm, I, I'm perfect either because I think that I've – I'm trying to manipulate more. <laughs> I yeah. try. I am trying to communicate less directly because like, uh, we've, I've run into issues where, you know, I realize, Oh, this person want, would have been happier if I had lied to them. Yes. And I would have gotten what I wanted if I had lied to them. Instead, I, I just told the, the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth when no one really asked for it. Right. And, uh, I just ended up, making everybody mad. And I'm like, okay, well, I can see uh, how this was wrong in that scenario. And I should uh, maybe try to be a little bit more subtle. You know, just a little, the little things I'm trying to do where I want to be a little, a little less direct. I also just used to put my, I used to just have a, like almost a compulsion to, to tell the truth, like to say every single thing that I was thinking. And now I run it through more filters, you know, right? Uh, because I thought that honesty was the end all be all like that's the Virtue. most, the yeah. most virtuous thing, yeah. but it's not. It's now not. I'm like, is this, does this serve me? Does this serve someone else? That's a huge difference. Like is what I'm about to say, is it just designed to make me feel better? 
or and is it going to make the other person feel worse if I say this? You yeah, know? that's uh, such a I, uh, one one brand of people that I can't stand are people that are like, uh, I'm just honest, and it's like, no, you're not. You're a cunt. <laughs> like you're just saying bitchy, horrible things <laughs> under the premise of like honesty, but it's not. You're just a piece of shit. Um, I think one example is asking in communication is the asking people for things versus telling people versus don't ask, don't tell people. The, yeah, the, the 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 finesse of indirect. Com- <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, I wanted to make a don't ask, don't tell joke. Uh, uh, sometimes I'm just trying to hold on to the thought and articulate it, and then you make a joke, and I'm like, if I acknowledge sh- that sh- joke, shut right up, now, shut up, gonna- shut up. <laughs> If I acknowledge that joke, I'm going to lose it. I have it by such a thread right now. You had a situation with a booker where you had to take another gig. You got a crazy good deal. You had to take another gig. Yeah, I had a, I had a chance to make uh, like eighteen hundred dollars more yeah. that night. Yeah. So it was it was late notice. It was it was like fifteen days away from the gig, but. Uh, obviously, I don't have a choice here. Yeah, like, I have in, to take in a, in a working uh, road comics life. Uh, I need to make more money. So someone comes in with a corporate gig, and so I wanted to let him know as soon as possible. Right. And I also wanted to do everything I could in my power to make his job easier. Like I went out and found like immediately started messaging other comics in that area who could replace me. You know, and again thinking that this would make the booker happy. That I that I did the the legwork for him. Um, I thought about sending an email that said, "Oh, hey, I I got this I got this other offer, and I don't know what to do. D- would you be mad at me if I if I took it?" But that email felt uh, disingenuous. Yeah, it felt like a waste of time. I, I am absolutely taking the gig. <laughs> There's nothing you can say. So it would just be, I'm just pretending, I would just be lying to you if I said, oh, would you be all right? Because I'm not really asking your opinion. I'm going to take the gig no matter what. Right. Uh, so it just felt more respectful to be upfront and just professional, as professional as I can and say, but you know, this is this, I'm sorry for this, but here's how I can help fix it. Right. Which was very proactive and you did all the right things. But in that situation, all that person wanted was that fake conversation. He wanted, yeah, he wanted to, to feel, uh, power yeah. that I would, that I would go, Oh, please, uh, what, what can I do? And then let, let him let be in him the position to say, yeah. Oh, you know what? I understand. And I feel like if I had sent that email, I thought about, he wouldn't have been mad at all. Right. He would have been a little mad, but he would have been like, Hey man. I was like, oh, I really, I, I've been so excited to do your gig in a bowling alley. I, uh, uh, I've been look, I've been looking forward to to the to the twelve people that were gonna come out. Uh, I, I really, it really breaks my heart to uh, go make uh, my rent money, uh, but what do you think I should do? He would have been. He would have been like, "Hey, man, you know, I, I, I was a comic too once, and I understand uh, how the how the road goes. And uh, man, this the the tough breaks. And uh, listen, I don't want to keep you from making money. Like he he would have said that. Yes. But instead, uh, I didn't give him that opportunity. And boy, was uh, he mad at me. And. Uh, 
he is uh, still re- he's still he's still <laughs> mad. I think I, I I'm blacklisted, uh, which means I'll never work for him again until uh, he needs me to. <laughs> Until he has someone else cancel on him at the last minute and doesn't have a choice. But, uh, yeah, that was a big learning uh, lesson for me. I felt like I could have handled that much better. Uh, I could but have done. But it does, when you explain it, it, uh, it is. No, I think I was wrong. I think, I feel like if I was saying something... Like if I I was fucking his shit up, like it's I do think that it's part of the comedy business and that you shouldn't freak out about it because the you are only look all you have ever done is look out for your own bottom line and don't get mad at me when I start looking out for mine. You know I think uh, it's just it's not personal, it's business, uh, and but I do think that I handled it wrong. I think I was fucking him up at the last minute. And the least I could have done was give him an illusion of power right? and kiss the ring and let him, uh, you know, and I should have. But in my uh, super uh, integrity warped, honest mind, I was like, <laughs> that's I used to it's I dishonest. used to not yeah. understand that I this I looked back at stuff from high school. Teachers would get mad at me and I wouldn't understand why they were mad at me Uh because I was just, I was being a little shit, I get, and I, I wouldn't, but I wouldn't lie to them when they wanted me to. Right. And I didn't understand why they wanted me to lie. Like, I would just, I would just tell them, uh, you know, that like, they'd be like, you, yeah, do you have a, a pass for when you missed class yesterday? And I was like, no, I just skipped it. <laughs> and they, and they would be upset. They'd just at least have the, have enough respect for me to lie that uh and i and that i would be so confused i was like no i do respect you that's why i'm not lying to you you know <laughs> i why would i lie to you mr bradbury uh this <laughs> i i like you but i, I realize now all the ways that that was incredibly disrespectful to them. yeah and they're like could you the uh, i would just get up and leave <laughs> They're like, can you at least pretend that you're going to the bathroom? And I was like, why would I do that? I'm not going to come back. And then I would just steal your bathroom pass. <laughs> you know, that like that like giant yeah. keychain like thing that you had to. I was like, I don't want to steal your bathroom pass. <laughs> On top of, you know, I just want to, I just want to walk out. <laughs> Did I tell you my uh, my strategy for uh, for skipping class in yeah. high school? I would grab, I would find a desk, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know the, the the chair desk, the ones that like yeah. a chair and a desk attached to it, and then I would just carry it around Eleanor Roosevelt <laughs> High School. I would just walk, I would just walk the halls aimlessly, and uh, if you ever like you, um, because well. No, no one stops you. Right. There's, if you're wandering the halls in the middle of class, administrators or teachers are going to see you and be like, what are you doing? Right. Uh, but if you're uh, having Purposefully a desk, carrying, uh, carrying a, a desk. desk around, uh, no one uh, ever – that never crosses their mind that you would <laughs> would just spend an hour <laughs> walking up and down hallways carrying a desk. But they seriously underestimated – uh, how much I hated pre-calc. <laughs> I, 
I would so much rather just get the exercise. <laughs> I would yeah. the whole time. Well, it's only like a forty-five minute class. An hour is a, a slight exaggeration. So I you would just carry the desk till you got to a door to leave. Oh well, yeah. Well, if you found if you find a good spot, yeah, you plop, uh, <laughs> you plop down. You could sit there for a minute. You pretend like. Uh, like if so, like you could just chill outside of someone's class, and then if an administrator said something, you're just like, oh, they're uh, they're taking a test that uh, uh, I'm not ready for. So uh, she had me sit outside. <laughs> like you know, you just say yeah. something. You just be you like, oh, right I'm in I'm I'm in timeout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm in I'm in, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Holy shit! So I, I guess didn't I d- you carried the desk the whole time. I'm a I'm a big strong guy. You it's are. okay. <laughs> it's a, it's all right. Uh I would uh the other I also had a press pass from that was uh, Mr. Bradbury was a newspaper teacher. So they gave us press passes which man the second I had I uh, I abused that yeah. meaningless privilege as much as I could <laughs> just for anything that I could do and I would just go and get my friends out of their class, but pretend to be interviewing them for the paper. How but Ferris Bueller. It, I, you have no idea how much <laughs> I idolized Ferris Bueller in high school. I had a leisure rules poster in my bedroom. I wanted to be Ferris Bueller. Oh. I loved it. I loved it. But I would just walk in uh, to someone's class and just mispronounce their name. That's all you have to do. You're just like, the, you knock on the door and the teacher, you interrupt the teacher's lesson. And they're like, hello. And they're like, yeah, hi. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm from the newspaper. I'm looking for an, uh, Ez, an Ezra Oruk, Oruk, uh, or, or is there an Ezra uh, Oruk in this class? <laughs> And then my friend Esra Orich, uh, uh, <laughs> like, like you know, raises her hand, and the teacher's like, "Yeah, go ahead." And like, I just need to take her out, just ask her a couple of questions, and then uh, uh, two people can carry the desk together, and it's a, uh, it's a lot, uh, it's a lot easier. <laughs> well, so I think you were capable of manipulation, some manipulation. <laughs> I guess, school. yeah, obviously, a little. I don't think I don't I don't want to make myself out to be like. Uh, uh, I am perfect. I was very I'm perfectly honest carrying around all the time. Yeah, I just, uh, I am an imperfect human who I think skews toward saying everything on his mind. But it just, it feels more like a compulsion of mine. Like it doesn't feel like a super uh, healthy trait trying to balance that out. I do, I, uh, oh my God. Speaking of, I'm going to tell, uh, speaking of, of high school manipulation. All right, so this is what I was thinking about in compulsion stuff, where I've run into trouble uh, in the last couple of years. We've talked about my how I'm learning how to date and stuff, and I'll say I'll just say stuff to women what I, that I'm thinking, where I just I'm like, in this moment, I think you you're so beautiful, and I'll just be like, you're the most beautiful woman in the world, and uh, I don't know if I've ever said that. Anyway, now I'm feeling self conscious, but <laughs> I'll say I'll say things that are really. I wear my heart on my sleeve and I say all this stuff and I wish that I, I didn't and I'm trying to learn how to play things cool, tr- learning how to try to play games, you know? Yeah. I think I could stand to play. You know, all these people that are like, I, no games, no games for me. I'm I'm tired of games. Uh, I'm like, I could use some games, I think. Yeah. Uh, but 
I played a game one time in high school. There was this girl who was uh, younger than me. She was very cute. She was very cute, but she was also younger than me. I think she was, and I was, I was embarrassed that I was intimidated by a girl that was, that was younger than me. Like I, but I was, I was yeah. too scared to talk to her. She seemed like all, she seemed more popular than me, uh, already, you know? Right. And she was kind of hanging out with my friends. And so I knew her name and I'd seen her and I thought she was really cute, but I'd never had the guts to talk to her one day in lunch. I'm in the cafeteria and she's in the cafeteria too. And I knew that she didn't have lunch, my period. So she's skipping, she's giving class into my lunch. And, um, man, I would just like to blame Disney movies. I think I would just like to blame, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm really embarrassed by this story. This is not a good story. I'm, I'm just, but I would like to blame it on the patriarchy. Uh, <laughs> Just, I remember thinking the story that had been reinforced to me so many times in different ways was the damsel in distress. I had seen so many examples of love where uh, a girl was in trouble and then a guy saved her and then that girl liked that guy because he saved her. Right. And I remember thinking, like, just being mad. Did you set the building on fire? I did not set the building on fire. Let's, uh, uh, don't let your imaginations run wild as I long-windedly get to the underwhelming punchline of this story. <laughs> but I remember thinking, like, I was just mad that I couldn't talk to her. And I remember thinking, if only she was in trouble. <laughs> then I could save her. And then she would have to like me. Uh, and something dark clicked inside of me where I was like, you could get her in trouble. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude, if you put the damn, like, you know, like you have a damsel, but no distress, put her in distress and then save her. And, uh, I knew the administrator that was running lunch during that period. And, uh, he was cool. Mr. Carter. Uh, no, Mr. Taylor, Mr. Taylor, Mr. Taylor. And I went up to him and I was like, Hey man, hypothetically <laughs> like what i just want to i just want to just run something past you what if i told you uh there was a person here in this cafeteria that didn't belong uh that uh was skipping and then you called them out and you busted them and you were going to give them lunch duty trash duty which is the like baseline punishment. It was, you just had to like walk around with a trash can uh, and pick up people's garbage uh, after the, uh, the at the end of lunch. You know, right? It's like this big giant trash can you wheel, and everyone like laughs at you and is like, "Ha ha, take my trash, trash bitch." But <laughs> I never. That was the worst fucking punishment to give me. That's like the Briar Rabbit of like that. I was just like, "Please don't give me trash duty," and then I would just like walk like prance around the cafeteria <laughs> with this trash can, being like. <laughs> it's me, the trash bitch, here to collect all the trash. <laughs> I would like ask for tips and stuff. I'm just, I remember like clearing this one table and just holding my hand out and coughing and going. <laughs> I just, I. Uh, but anyway, so you for liked mo- it for mo- Yes, same? but for okay. other people, for other people, uh, it was a shameful experience, right? So I was like, what if you were going? I told you someone didn't belong, and then you were going to give them trash duty. But then I swooped in and was like, hey man. Uh, She's with me, and I flash this press pass to you. <laughs> this, 
this fake laminated thing. And I was like, she's with me. And then she doesn't get in trouble. Like, do you think uh, that would make a girl want to go out with me? <laughs> and Mr. Taylor was on board. He immediately was like, yeah, yeah, let's do this plan. Oh let's my God, do it. How fun. And uh, I was nervous. And, and uh, he was like, tell me the name. Tell me the name. Who is it? And I was like, I'm not going to tell you. And he's like, what is it? I didn't even know her last name. Yeah, I only knew her first name. <laughs> so, it so it was sketchy as hell. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're, <laughs> they're just out of no. So then like, I'm still standing next to him. I'm standing <laughs> next to him when he grabs the microphone and goes, Anjali. <laughs> it's just broadcasted the whole cafeteria Anjali and I just like r- scream I'm just like ducking so that I won't and then she comes he to he doesn't say her last name he doesn't say her last name and he's just like she walks to the front uh, of the of the cafeteria and uh, like what was he gonna do I don't know but then she just immediately confesses. So my plan is... Also very honest. Yeah, also more also. honest than me. My plan was to come in like after uh, and, and be like, hey, no, she's with me. But I never got a chance because she. I ran away and she ran up and was like, oh, my God, I'm skipping class. I'm so sorry. And then I come in a second later and I'm like, hey, Mr. Taylor, what's up, <laughs> dude? This is my good friend, Anjali. She's with me. And Mr. Taylor... My the the worst Mr. Taylor the worst fucking wingman of all time goes uh well uh she says she's not with you and <laughs> and she already has trash duty and I was like what the fuck, Mr. Taylor was I don't Mr. know Taylor I don't know how I could have laid this Ocean's Eleven master plan out for you any simpler. Did he just use you to bust Anjali, or she just confessed too fast? She confessed too fast, and I don't. I think at the end of the day, Mr. Taylor doesn't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> he, he, um, uh, as we collected trash together, because then I felt bad, and I didn't. Co- I didn't confess that I was the one that got her in trouble. I just uh, was like, oh well. Um, I'll do trash duty with you. Uh, you don't have to do it alone. And, uh, which I felt was fair. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I'm doing trash duty with her and like still like trying to salvage this situation, like trying to make conversation <laughs> with her somehow. Like maybe I'll get to know her as we, as we pick up empty milk cartons off the floor. Uh, and Mr. Taylor the whole time is like, that's a really great guy. But, uh, man. <laughs> Like, now he wants to be my wingman. He's trying to overcompensate. And I'm like, you need to cut it out, dude. This is so fucking obvious what we've done. And he's just like, stand-up guy. Stand-up Aaron Woodall. Man, I like him. I'm like, shut. You're you're dead to me, Mr. Taylor. You're dead. Did you ever tell her this story? I think I just did. I just told her. (laughs) She She definitely... I, I am positive... If she doesn't listen to the story, all of there she has multiple friends that do and will tell her about it. <laughs> I look, I, I'm looking forward to the Instagram message that because <laughs> we're still we're like Instagram friends, uh, yeah. And uh, oh, fuck. I see her stuff every now and then, and I think about uh, this this fucking dumb. <laughs> 
I've never, I've never done anything. I and I don't know if I've told anybody that story. So oh, embarrassed fuck. of the chauvinistic uh, principles that I have. Saying, I don't know. <laughs> just so gross. She just me so I just made. I just all I did was narc. That's all that I did. All I did was narc on someone who's just skipping class. I got Would them you- trash duty. And I'm like, do you like me now? <laughs> yeah, you didn't notice me before, but uh, now that I've ratted you out, I'm a little. Now, don't you like me? And that's when I decided to always be honest moving forward. <laughs> oh, holy shit. I don't think I have. Uh... Anything to top that. <laughs> uh. Fuck, I hate ending stuff. Man. All right, so it was Andre... really hard to listen to you force laughter. <laughs> Dude, we just got a we just got a review that says three minutes of Jess's forced laughter. I can't listen anymore. Yeah. Uh Try being me, buddy. (laughs) Mike Jessa, stop forcing the laughter the way I'm forcing this. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Sometimes episodes just end so naturally well, and it feels great. And then other times we sit here and we're like, do you have anything left to say? (laughs) Do you? I guess that's the end. Uh, Sorry, guys. And this is the latter. Uh, but fuck. <laughs> I still don't know Anjali's last name. <laughs> what? It's just not Anjali. 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 Uh. God, that would be so amazing she's to be re- listening she- to a podcast and just find out that that person. That's how I want everyone to find out all of my secrets. <sighs> just fuck. you should have you. You should have been listening to the podcast, man. That's how I feel when people text me and they're like, you and Jason aren't together anymore. And I'm like, fuck you. Episode two. Episodes. You just send them links. <laughs> I do. Uh, Sorry, babe. I'm all about them downloads. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to do this as efficiently as possible. That's how I feel about it. If you're not close enough to know the story, then I made a podcast for you to listen to. I don't want to tell the story Lucky to you. each individual person. <laughs> There's not much of a story, but... Uh, yeah, just, we, <laughs> God, we're awful. <laughs> oh my goodness. We're going to, we're going to take a week or so to really, uh, uh, evaluate <laughs> how we feel about ourselves. <laughs> we'll, tr- we'll be back next week. Uh, remember to, uh, I don't know, check out our fucking social media and stuff. Join the Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we'll see you guys next time on Mormon and the Meth Head. If you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all just a radar fence. Listen to them talking to Mike. Your work technology should help your organization run better. 
Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com.